Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. With 926 episodes made, Lux Radio Theater aired from 1934 to 1955. As usual, we remind you to like and follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and keep the golden age of radio alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com to our Patreon page. Give that donate button a click. And now, Lux Radio Theater. Hollywood, California, Monday, June 29th. The Lux Radio Theater presents Jeanette McDonald in Irene, a play with music. Lux presents Hollywood. Tonight, we bring you Jeanette McDonald, Regis Toomey, Cecil B. DeMille, D.W. Griffith, Cora Love, and many others. These behind the footlights. In front, seated in our audience, a host of Hollywood's most noted notables. The Lux Radio Theater welcomes you all. This entertainment is presented by the makers of Lux Flakes. These marvelously sheer flakes are used in Mr. DeMille's own studio, Paramount, and in other great Hollywood studios because they keep fabrics and colors new-looking longer. And now our director. It has been truly said, this man has put the star in starting more famous screen performers than any other film executive. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Men make their greatest mistakes in picking women and horses. I once predicted that there would never be a horseless carriage after my roommate at college injured his hand trying to invent one. Manufacturers have made 63 million motor cars since then, and horses are found mostly on merry-go-rounds. I also misjudged Jeanette MacDonald early in her career. You would never suspect now that she was once just a Philadelphian with a purpose. There is nothing more grim than a little girl with red pigtails, ambition, and determination. And Jeanette had all four of them. When I first heard her, she'd been singing in Broadway reviews. She sent me a telegram asking for the leading role in Madame Satan. I didn't know much about her, but was convinced she was not the one I wanted for the part. She sent me more and more telegrams telling me the best thing I could do was to put her on the screen. I still refused. But others were smarter than I. And she has risen steadily, justifying their faith and my stupidity. Every man is entitled to three mistakes in his life. And that was one of mine. But I didn't lose her. For along comes Lux, and boy gets girl. Tonight, in the Lux Radio Theater, Jeanette plays a role she had understudied on the Broadway stage, but never had a chance to play until now. So there is a special thrill in announcing Irene, starring Jeanette MacDonald.
And now, for the first act of Irene, starring Jeanette MacDonald as Irene O'Dare, red-haired, blue-eyed, and Irish, who earns her livelihood behind the upholstery counter of a large New York department store. We're in the store now. On the main floor, cash goes singing by overhead, and bargain hunters are pushing through the doors, surging toward the crowded elevators. On the second floor, Mary. Here's the board furniture on this floor. No, sir. On the sixth floor, west wing. Going up, please. This way, please. No crowding. Going up. Stand by. Mr. Sweeney, are you ready to see Miss O'Dare? Miss O'Dare? Oh, that girl from the upholstery department, the one we had the complaint about? Yes, sir. Well, well, where is she? In the outer office, sir. Send her in? Yes, sir. Will you come in, please? Thank you. Good morning, Mr. Sweeney. Mm. Your name's O'Dare? Yes, sir. Irene O'Dare. Sit down. Thank you. Miss O'Dare, I wonder if you realize just why I wanted to see you this morning? No, sir, but I hope it's about a raise. What? I mean, no, sir. I don't know what you want to see me about. Then I'll tell you. Miss O'Dare, one of our customers this morning turned over a pillow at your counter. And what do you suppose she found under it? Another pillow? She did not. She found this. Oh. A magazine, stars of the stage and screen, opened at an article entitled, What Are They Wearing? Well, well, what was it doing there? Why, I put it there, sir. I know that, but why? Well, I was reading it. And are you in the habit of reading magazines like this, Miss O'Dare? Oh, yes, sir. No, you are. Yes, yes, I like to look at the pictures. All those beautiful girls with such beautiful clothes. Miss O'Dare, do you realize that it's magazines like this that turn young girls' heads, makes them irresponsible or flighty? Well, do you really think that's true, Mr. Sweeney? Why, of course it is. Well, then why do we sell those magazines in the store? Why, uh, uh, well, that's beside the point. Oh, I don't think so, sir. You see, Mr. Sweeney, there's lots of girls like me. We don't have any pretty clothes or anything we don't even hope to have. But there's no reason why we can't look at girls who are a little luckier than we are. The only real fun we get out of life, Mrs. Sweeney, wishing for things. Well, wishing for things doesn't make them come true. I know that, sir. Gee, there's times I wish so hard for things that it hurt, but it didn't get them. Like that raise, for instance. We'll forget about the raise, Miss O'Dare. Yes, sir. And if I were you, I'd concentrate a little harder on holding my job. If I get any more complaints about you, I, uh, I'll have to let you go. You understand? Yes, sir. But you won't get any more complaints, Mrs. Sweeney. I... I need the job too much. Mm-hmm. Well, you may go now. Thank you, sir. Irene, come here a minute. Oh, hello, Jane. What are you doing at the linen counter? Transferred this morning. Say, did you see the notice on the bulletin board downstairs? There's going to be another show this year. Sales Girls Review? Uh-huh. You're going to try it again? I'd like to see anyone keep me away. Oh, gee, you were swell last year, Irene. Honest, if I had a voice like yours, I'd chuck this store job and, and get on the radio or something. Yes? And while I was looking around for a chance my mother could take in washing, I suppose. Jesus, oh, there's only Hector. Come on, Jane. See you at lunch. Bye. Did you call me Miss Hector? You know very well I did. Did you serve some veranda cushions to Mrs. Henry Marshall? Well, yes, I think so, for her Long Island house. Well, she has a complaint. They're too small. Why don't she send them back? She can't. She has a big weekend party starting tomorrow. And she's giving a garden party this afternoon. She wants to explain what's wrong to somebody in the department. You'll have to go, Miss O'Dare. Me? Oh, boy, I'd love to. But remember this. Mrs. Marshall is one of our best and wealthiest customers. Please, act accordingly. Oh, I will, Miss Hector. I'll be a real lady. Oh, 
Clarkson? Yes, Mrs. Marshall. Has the girl from the store come yet? No, Mrs. Marshall. Well, when she does, ask her to wait. I want to speak to her. Uh, yes, Mrs. Marshall. Hello, Mother. Oh, Donald, you're so terribly late. Sorry, Mother, I was delayed at the office. The party's almost over. Eleanor's been asking for you every ten minutes. Eleanor, is she here? Of course, Donald. You'd better go and speak to her. No, no, I'll keep out of the way if you don't mind. I have some work to do this afternoon. Don, what is the matter with you? Helen is a charming girl. Yes, I know, but there are all kinds of charm, Mother, and hers just doesn't appeal to me. Oh, Donald. By the way, Mother, not to change the subject, but where do you buy your clothes? What? I said, where do you buy your clothes? Why? Well, I met Bob Harrison in town. You never met him, but we roomed together in college. Yes? It seems Bob went and sunk a lot of money in a place called Madame Lucy's, a dress shop. And I'm trying to drum up a little trade for him. He's running a dress shop? Well, no, not running it. He just put up the money. Well, I... I don't know, Donald. I wouldn't like to change my dressmaker and... Well, unless I was sure of what I was going to get. All right, Mother, forget it. It was just an idea. Oh, there you are. Oh, uh, hello, Eleanor. What do you mean by hiding out on us? We're all waiting for you. I'm sorry, Eleanor, but I was busy. Well, you aren't busy now. Come on and join the party. I'm afraid I can't. I've still got a lot of work to do. Oh, work. That's all you ever think about. Mrs. Marshall, what are we going to do with him? I'm sure I don't know. Well, I do. Come on, Mr. Tired Businessman. You're going to finish this dance with me. My name is Miss O'Dare. I'm from Baron Brothers. Oh, yes. You're here about the seat cushions. Come in, please. Thank you. If you'll wait for a moment, I'll see if I can find Mrs. Marshall. Of course. Thank you. Well, hello. Hello. Well, what are you doing down here? You remember me, don't you? Yes, I remember you. Well, I remember you very well. You see what an impression you made on me that night in Philadelphia? How long ago was that? Two years. Two years. And I recognized you right away. Where in the world did you go? And I looked for you the next day and you'd completely disappeared. I had a good reason. What? Oh, never mind. Ah, uh, what was your name? Same as it is now. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Must have made a terrible hit with you. You did. I, I just can't think of your name right now. Well, I don't remember yours either, so we're square. Ah, you're just the same little girl, though. So tell me, what are you doing here in this place? I'm in the decorating business. I decorate everything but myself. I work in the store that made these cushions. Oh, that's right. You, uh, you worked in a store in Philadelphia, too, didn't you? Yes. Well, now you know you really shouldn't. You're much too pretty to be working at anything. Thanks. But I have to eat once in a while. (laughs) So you don't even remember my name, eh? Nope. Well, I'll tell you. It's Larry. Larry Bradley. Oh, is it? Now, what's yours? I haven't got any. (laughs) Come on, sit down here. Hey, let go. What do you take me for? Uh, Don't be unreasonable. Sit down. No, let me alone. Don't be afraid. Well, I'm not afraid. I just want you to let go of me. That's all. Give me a little kiss. Did you hear what I said? Let go of me now. (laughs) Come on, Larry. Uh, Hello, Donald. What's the matter here? Nothing much. Oh, yes, there is. I came here from the store to see about the cushions, and this fellow tried to get fresh with me. It's lucky for him he didn't get something he wouldn't forget. (laughs) As you, uh, you see, Donald, she's a regular little spitfire. If I were you, Larry, I'd clear out. Oh, yes? All right. Good afternoon, Miss, uh, Spitfire. Fresh guy. I'm sorry this happened. He's one of my guests. Will you allow me to apologize for him? A lot of good that does. 
I came here all prepared to act like a perfect lady, and the first thing I run into is him. Swell society. I'll tell people what swell society's like, all right, all right. Oh, but you mustn't judge all of us by one man. Come on, now, you're all unstrung. Sit down a while until you feel better. Oh, I can't. i got to get back to the store. Gee, that fellow was strong. I guess it's just as well you came out here when you did. I'm glad I did. <laughs> Maybe that's just his way of being friendly, huh? How well do you know him? You'd have thought I knew him pretty well, wouldn't you? I just met him once, two years ago in Philadelphia. Oh, I see. But won't you sit down here? No, thanks. That's what he wanted me to do. <laughs> All right. You sit just where you want to. Yes, sir. Now, is there anything I can do for you? No, thanks. I'll be leaving in a minute. I suppose you've had your lunch. Well, I had the usual. What's that? Bar of chocolate and glass of milk. I've got it in the station. Well, that's not very much, is it? Oh, I'm used to it now. Oh, I'm, I haven't had a thing since breakfast. I wonder if you'd join me in something. Gee, thanks. But, well, not best dressed very nice. You know? oh, don't worry about that. Come on, we'll go inside and see if we can dig up a couple of sandwiches. <laughs> Oh, yes. Gee, that was swell. Uh, tell me some more about yourself, Miss O'Dare. You live in the city? Mm-hmm. With my mother and my brother. We live just off Ninth Avenue. Oh, you have no father? No, sir. Not for over a year. Well, then you're the breadwinner of the family. Yes, sir. Oh, you ought to be very proud. There's a real pleasure in working, isn't there? Oh, yes. I wouldn't miss a day. Uh, they take it out on Saturday night. <laughs> well, maybe you won't always work in the store. You never can tell what will happen. You mean to make it fired? Oh, no, no, but but maybe you'll get, you get married someday. Married? Gee, I'd have to find someone who could take care of my mother and brother. I can't desert him now. What chance have I got to meet a man like that? Not a chance in the world. The men we meet can just about support themselves. <laughs> Am I talking too much? No, not at all. Mother says I got the gift to gab. I never know when to stop. Oh, but I like to listen to you. It's interesting. Well, you're interesting, too, even if you don't talk as much as I do. We girls don't meet many men like you. We don't get a chance. I know girls are lots of fun. Pretty, beautiful. But they never meet the right kind of men at all because they haven't got any decent clothes to wear. Clothes make an awful difference in a girl, and just because we haven't got them, don't think we don't know about them. We can't help seeing what the other girls have in the shop windows and evening papers. Gee, I talk careless. <laughs> we all talk that way, but you wouldn't know it when we put on airs. Honest, we can talk and act like real ladies. You can? Yeah, it's not as difficult as it sounds. We take off the swell customers who come to the store. Listen to this. Oh, Mrs. Thomas, how do you do? My dear, I so enjoyed your lovely garden party. It was divine. And you look stunning. Well, au revoir. You can't tell the difference now, can you? Except for the clothes, of course. Yes, I imagine clothes do make a lot of difference. A lot? Oh, it's terrible how much difference they make. I had a dress one for blue and it cost $85. Yes. Oh, I didn't buy it. One of our customers gave it to me. But you should have seen me in it. Gee, I was real Park Avenue in that dress. And where is it now? It's gone. Just faded away, and oh, the care I took of it. Mother will tell you it's the only thing I ever put on a hanger. But I'm never going to forget it. I wonder how you'd look in a dress that cost two or three hundred dollars. Two or three hundred? Well, is there anything higher than Park Avenue? I don't think so. But, Miss O'Dare, I've got an idea. You like beautiful clothes, don't you? Sure, who doesn't? Well, how would you like a chance to own some? Wear them in society. Say, what is it? The chance you've been looking for. A chance to better yourself. I don't get your game at all. You seem like a regular fella. Gee, I hope you're not going along like this and then all of a sudden spring something. 
Don't worry about me. It's what you've told me, Miss O'Dare. That's what I'm interested in. A friend of mine told me something which gives me a chance to help both of you. Why, the opportunity you've prayed for is right here. <laughs> is it? Yes, this friend of mine told me of a dressmaker in New York, Madame Lucy, who makes the smartest clothes in town, but she hasn't been discovered yet. The women don't know she's here. Why, I'll bet she'd be as anxious to have you for a customer as you would be to go to her. Now, what do you think of that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> what would I have to do? I'll do it, but why? Well, just be a lady, that's all. Like you pretend at the store. I'll pass you off as a young heiress or something. And that'll make the women buy dresses from this Madame Lucy, huh? Of course. They'll flock to her. Yeah, but this young heiress business, there they'll catch on. Everybody knows all the young heiresses. Oh, that's right. But wait. You haven't any special talent, have you? I mean, you don't dance or play the trombone. Well, I, I can sing a little. Sing, that's it. You'll be Irene O'Dare, the famous Irish songbird. Just come over for an American tour. Oh, but... Come on, I come on. Know. I want to hear you. You want to hear me sing? Yes, I'll play for you. What do you know? Oh, wait a minute now. I I'm so excited I can't sing. Well, you talked a lot about your $85 blue dress. Oh, yes. You must have loved that. Loved it? Oh, gee. You could never know how much. I once had a gown. It was almost new. For the daintiest thing, it was three out of blue. With little forget-me-not late here and there. When I had it on, I walked on the air. And it was, and it was, and it was. Till it went, and it wasn't no more. In my sweet little Irish blue gown, when I first won the song in football, I was so proud and shy as I felt every eye. But in every shop window, I dreamed of being born. Then in manner of fashion, I crawled. And the world seems to smile all around Till it will be my always adore My sweet little Oh, she had the cutest little row of buttons down the back, an overskirt with pockets in it, and a stash to cuddle you, and, and trimming applique, you know what I mean, on her sleeve, and a petticoat with silver lace and everything. <laughs> oh, gee, it was nifty. Then in manner of fashion I throw, I hold, and the world seems to smile all around. Lovely. Miss O'Dare, you're marvelous. Oh, do you think so? I'll tell you what you do. Tomorrow you give up your job at Baron Brothers. I'll take you to Madame Lucy's the day after. Oh, dear. In two days she'll transform you. Hmm? 
Oh, wait till you see. Frocks and gowns, hats and slippers, everything. She'll make you a little princess, a Cinderella. Oh, oh, I've always wanted to be a Cinderella. Oh, but wait, what about my mother? What about the rent? Oh, we'll take care of that. We'll take care of everything. All you have to do is to remember that you're a famous singer from Ireland. Oh, I'll remember all right, all right. Irene O'Dare, the Irish songbird from Baron Brothers Upholstery Department. Jeanette MacDonald, playing the title role and singing the lovely music of Irene, comes to you from the Lux Radio Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. The role of Donald Marshall is being played by Regis Toomey. Our play continues in just a moment. Now, our quick tour of Hollywood takes us to the Hollywood Studio Club, where extra girls who want to make good at the movies can live pleasantly but inexpensively. Let's take a look in Jane and Polly's room. It's 7 o'clock. The girls are still asleep when the alarm clock rings. Oh, gee, I'm sleepy. Wake up, Fairy, and hear the birdies sing. Say, you're supposed to report at 8 a.m. at Central Casting. You better hurry. Don't worry, I'll be there. Maybe I'll get a bit in that Lou Ayers picture. Lady, be careful. Oh, my gosh. Jane, I've got to run in my last pair of stockings. Oh, Polly, the run girl. Oh, Jane, it's no joke. Help me out. Be a pal. Oh, Polly, I'm sick of lending you stockings. I'll do it this once. And then no more so help me. Oh, I can't help getting run. Yes, you can. And I've told you how. Use Lux Blake. Lux, Lux, Lux. That's all you ever talk about. Well, if you think of it, once you stop paying all your shekels out for stockings, Lux saves the elasticity, darling. Honest, it keeps you from getting so many ridiculous, fluffy runs. Jane is right. Lux Flakes do cut down on stocking runs. And that's swell news for any girl, no matter whether she lives in Hollywood or Omaha, Philadelphia, or anywhere. Just dip your stockings in a bowl of Lux Suds each night. This protects their elasticity, their give, so they don't keep breaking under strain. Lux Flakes often double stocking wear. Why don't you try Lux tonight? And now we turn you over to Cecil B. DeMille. We continue the Lux Radio Theater play starring Jeanette MacDonald as Irene O'Dare. A few days have passed since Irene agreed to model gowns for Madame Lucy. In the O'Dare's tiny three-room flat near Ninth Avenue, Irene's mother calls to her from the kitchen. Irene, where are you? Here, mother. What is it? Will you look what just came for you? A box of candy. Five pounds if it's an ounce. And a whole great big bunch of flowers. Oh, was there a card? There was not. What do you make of it? Why, I, uh, I guess the manager of the store sent the mother. And why would Mr. Sweeney be sending candy and flowers all of a sudden? Well, he, um, he offered a prize to the smartest girl in our department, and that was the prize. Oh, he did? Yes. Uh, but I want to leave the store, mother. What for? For being the smartest girl in your department? No, but it just proves to me there isn't any chance for a girl at the store. Oh, sure. I've heard that a thousand times. Well, you want me to have a chance, don't you, Mother? A chance for what? To improve myself? 
I don't know what you're talking about at all. Well, you see, I uh, can go to work for a dressmaker or a milliner or something like that. No, siree, young lady. That's what the girl on the floor below did. She was a model for clothes and hats. It was her ruin. She got used to fine feathers and wanted to be a fine bird. Well, from all I hear, that's what she turned out to be, a bird. All right, Mother, you know best. Of course I know best. And let it be the end of it, my dear. Now, now, now let's get this straight, Donald. You want to take this little shop girl... Let Madame Lucy dress her up and use her as sort of a public model, is that it? That's it. Only you see, Bob, no one will know she's a shop girl. As far as they're concerned, she's a famous singer. Well, <laughs> it sounds all right to me. All right, it's marvelous. I tell you, Bob, she'll be a sensation. Is she pretty? Gorgeous. Good figure? Beautiful. <laughs> you seem quite taken with it. <laughs> Hey, are you sure you're doing all this for me or Miss O'Dare? <laughs> well, it's a little of both, I guess. Oh, she's a grand girl. Now, here's the plan, Bob. Mother's giving a supper and dance at our place tonight. I'm going to have Miss O'Dare there, beautifully dressed, of course, and I want you to bring Madame Lucy. Madame Lucy? What for? To show off the gown, stupid, and take some orders from the other women. Yeah, but wait. Madame Lucy can't come. He's not in town. Then we've got to... Did you say he? Yes. I thought it was Madame Lucy. Yeah, that's right, but Madame Lucy is a man. <laughs> the Madame stuff is just a trade name. Madame Lucy is a man, huh? Oh, well, live and learn, but just the same, he ought to be there. I don't see how. He's in Paris buying material. But somebody ought to come. What about... I'll tell you, you'll be Madame Lucy. <laughs> Me? Sure, that crowd doesn't know you. Now, 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 just a second. You own a cutaway coat, don't you? And you can put on a little French accent. Why, it's a cinch. Uh, I suppose I could do it, all right, but I don't like it. Like it or not, you've got to do it. All right, all right, but if anything goes wrong, mister, I'll break your neck. We'll talk about that later. Right now, I want you to get hold of a couple of gowns and practice up on your accent. We're picking Miss O'Dare up at seven tonight. Well, Irene, this is your big night. How do you feel? Scared. Awfully scared. Uh, you're no worse off than I am. Listen, Donald, how does this sound? Um, madame, the gown, it is exquisite. Notice the line of the hips. It is... Oh, shut up, will you? It sounds all right. Yeah? Yeah, well, what do you think, Miss O'Dare? I don't know, I'm sure. Hey, do you think I'll get away with it? Do you think I will? Of course you will. You look beautiful, Irene. Really? Oh, it's a beautiful dress. But, gee, if my mother ever saw me now, she'd probably lick the tar out of me. Are you going to tell her? Oh, sure, sometime, but there's no use telling her now. I mean, after all, if I don't make good as the Irish songbird, it'll all be over soon anyway. Well, don't worry. You'll make good. Well, we'll know more about that a little later. Oh, dear? I never heard of her, but she does dress beautifully, I'll say that. Yes, look at that girl. Why, she's gorgeous, positively gorgeous. I wonder who makes her doll. This man they call Madame Lucy. They think that. Irene, you're magnificent. You've got everyone talking about you. Oh, gee. I, I guess I did get away with it then, didn't I? Uh, you were swell. I have 15 orders for Madame Lucy right now and more on the wing. Have you? Then suppose you get out there and make sure of them. <laughs> All right. I guess I can take a hint. 
<laughs> See you later, folks. Well, having a good time? Oh, grand. And it's all due to you. I don't know how to thank you, Mr. Marshall. My friends call me Donald. All right, Donald. And I don't want any thanks. I'm having just as good a time as you are. Oh, but you can't be. You, well, you're used to all this. I'm not used to girls like you. Well, what do you mean? I mean that you're just yourself. No airs. Sort of fresh and unspoiled. Well, I'm having the time of my life just being with you, talking to you, looking at you. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? What's funny about it? Oh, I don't know. It's just funny, that's all. Hello. Oh, Eleanor, come in. Not intruding, am I? Uh, of course not. Have you met Miss O'Dare? Yes, I've had the pleasure. Thank you. Why aren't you dancing, Donald? Why, uh, well, I've been pretty busy, Eleanor. Yes, so I've noticed. I'm sure Miss O'Dare will excuse you just for a moment. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, by the way, just what O'Dare is that? I beg your pardon? Well, I, I've met several O'Dares. What, uh, branch of the family do you, uh... Oh, uh, why, uh, we're the O'Dares. Oh, the O'Dares. <laughs> very interesting. It must be an old family. Oh, you bet. I mean, yes, very, very old. Hmm. Well, uh, come along, Donald. I'm dying to dance. Mrs. Dare? Oh, yes? May I introduce myself? My name is Bowden, L.J. Bowden. You've uh, probably heard of me. Oh, yes, of course, Mr. Bowden. You're uh, a big financier, aren't you? <laughs> yes, so they tell me. Mrs. Dare, I'm getting up a weekend party, first of the month, and uh, may I count you in? You mean it? Why, certainly. Oh, thank you. I'd be delighted. Oh, Miss O'Dare, Donald tells me you're going to sing for us. Oh, really? I, I didn't know. It's getting a bit late, Mother. I think it's time I took Miss O'Dare home. Oh, just one song, Miss O'Dare, please. Oh, we're all so anxious to hear you. Very well, Mrs. Marshall. Oh, splendid. Now, you announce it, Donald. All right, Mother. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss O'Dare has graciously consented to sing for us. Thank you. Oh, my God. 
What a grand night it was, Donald. Have a good time? Oh, marvelous. It's just like I always dreamed it would be. I guess that's what frightens me. Why? Oh, I'm afraid that's what it is. Just a beautiful dream. And I'm afraid I'll wake up soon. And the gowns and the flowers, music, they'll all be gone. And I'll just be plain Irene O'Dare again, selling pillows behind the upholstery counter. I wouldn't worry about that. Why should you? You'll never have to work there. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got a feeling that you'll never work there again either. Why do you say that? I don't know. Just a hunch. Do your hunches usually come true? Invariably. Invariably? Hmm. Well, if that word means what I think it means, I guess I've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> Irene, sit down. I want to have a little talk with you. Yes, Mother? I suppose you're going out again tonight? Why, yes, I am. I thought you would be. Well, now, listen here, young lady. I want an explanation of this. For the last two weeks, every night in the week, you've been gallivanting off to doorway, dressed up like Bank Holiday. Where are you getting the dresses? Who's paying for them? I told you, Mother, I'm, I'm a sort of a model. A sort of a model? What kind of language is that? Either you are a model, or you ain't a model. Now, which is it? I am a model. And is it night work you're doing that you have to go out all the time? I don't like it, Irene. It's too mysterious for me. Everything was all right when you worked at the store. You mean everything was all wrong? We had to have more money, didn't we? Someone had to pay the bills. Aren't you glad my work is easier, Mother? I am. But I'd like to know what it is. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing for you and Johnny. And you can trust me, Mother. You know you can trust me. I hope so, Irene. For your own sake, I hope so. Say, Bob, have you seen Irene? Well, not lately. Uh, last time I saw her, she was dancing with Bowden. Bowden? Why didn't you cut in? Who, me? <laughs> you forget yourself, my man. I'm uh, Madame Lucy around here. I can't dance. Hey, what's the matter with Bowden anyway? Oh, nothing much. You're afraid she'll fall for his money? No, of course not. She's not that type. Well, what's the matter? Or uh, are you just a little bit jealous? Jealous? <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> yeah? Don't you think we'd better be getting back, Mr. Bowden? Not yet, please. Oh, but they were missing us in there. Well, what difference does it make? Stay here a while. I still haven't said what I wanted to say. Oh. Can you guess what it is? No. Irene, I'm not exactly a young man, and there's one happiness I've always thought was not for me. The happiness of loving some woman so completely that I'm only living when I'm with her or thinking of her. I thought that I had everything I wanted, but I find I haven't anything. Unless I can give it all to you. I love you, Irene. You love me? More than I could ever tell you. I don't know what to say. I suppose every girl planned what she'd say when a man tells her he loves her, but... I wasn't prepared for this. Will you marry me, Irene? I'm afraid I... Please don't answer me now. I want you to think it over carefully. In the meantime, would you wear these, Irene? I'd like you to have them. Pearl. Oh, I couldn't. Oh, why not? Oh, because I think I know what my answer will be. But you aren't going to answer now. Even if it were, no. I'd still like you to take these as uh, a remembrance. Oh, they're beautiful. 
But I can't accept them. Will you at least put them on? Just for the night. Oh, may I do just that? I want you to. Thank you. I've never worn pearls before. Never? I mean, not as beautiful as these. Irene, tell me one thing. Is there someone else? Please. Is there? Yes, there is. Are you going to marry him? There are some things that are just too impossible even to dream about. I don't understand you. I'm sorry. Shall we go in now? Good evening, Eleanor. Oh, hello, Larry. I didn't think you were coming. With all these beautiful girls around, why wouldn't I come? Oh, Sam, maybe you can help me, Eleanor. There's a girl here I'm sure I've seen somewhere. Let me see if I can find her. Oh, yes, there she is, in the white dress. Mm, yes, and uh, the new string of pearls. Now, what do you mean? Brand new. Just got them out on the balcony. Oh, romance in the air. Oh, she's very popular with the men, especially Donald. Mm, well, that, uh, that ought to make you happy. Oh, really? It's funny I can't place her. Tell me, what's her name? Oh, dear. Irene O'Dare. Irene O'Dare. Irene O. Oh, so that's who she is. I thought I recognized her. You know her? Know her? <laughs> I guess I do. Come on, young lady. I want to speak to you. Can't we stay inside, Donald? Honest, I haven't been in there all night. That's just what I wanted to speak to you about. Where have you been? Oh, I don't know. Out here, walking in the garden. Every place but dancing. And that's what I want to do. Come on. Now, wait a minute. What's the matter, Irene? You're acting so strangely. It's nothing. I'm just excited tonight, I guess. So many people making me talk. And when I get excited, I speak terribly like I used to, remember? Yes. Well, the funny part of it is they always ask me to talk some more like that. They like it. But there's one thing certain. They wouldn't like it if I wore the clothes that went with it. I wonder what they'd say if they found out who I really am. They'll never find out now. You've made good, Irene. Yes, so far. The problem is now how to go on making good. It's getting harder and harder all the time. What do you mean? I don't know what I mean. You wouldn't understand. You see, you don't know me very well. I'm not the same with you as I am with other men. I can't pretend with you. You know what I was. And I know what you are now. Yes. I've been trying to figure out what you must be thinking of me. Masquerading. Oh, <laughs> so that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Underneath all these clothes, I'm still just Irene O'Dare from Ninth Avenue. But whenever I've thought of you, I've always wished I wasn't ra masquerading. I've always wished it was real. You're real, Irene. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, you are. To me. I'm in love with you, Irene. Donald. Didn't you know it? You must be crazy. I don't think so. I was always a normal baby. Donald, be serious. I am. More serious than I've ever been before. I love you, Irene. Oh. I love you. You love me? Oh, gee, this is a dream. Can't be true. Oh, it's got to be a dream. But if I ever wake up now, heaven help me. We pause for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
This is Cecil B. DeMille speaking to you from the stage of the Lux Radio Theater in Hollywood. The conclusion of Irene with Jeanette McDonald will be heard shortly. Here in Hollywood, people are known by the things they do. The property man on a picture is known as props. The head electrician is the gaffer. His assistants are called juicers. And a stagehand is a grip. Perhaps you'll understand then why it was that I never knew the real name of a woman who worked on my pictures for ten years. She's been in charge of as many as 2,000 players at once. Yet she was known to me only as wardrobe. She's wardrobe mistress of Warner Brothers Studio now. But not until I asked her to be our guest in the Lux Radio Theater did I know that her name was Mrs. Cora Lobb. You know, I'm so used to being called wardrobe that when someone asks for Cora Lobb, I often say, I'll see if she's here. I remember so well the time you were directing a scene for the Volvo Boatman, Mr. DeMille in which the gorgeous gowns worn by 50 girls were practically ruined in a storm. Those gowns came back to the wardrobe wrinkled and caked with mud, but I don't believe you gave them a second thought. No, I knew you'd take care of them. Yes, we saved everyone. You see, ladies and gentlemen, it's my job as wardrobe mistress to cut down the clothes budget by making costumes last as long as possible. Take the new Joan Rondell Dick Powell picture, stage truck. It's packed full of lovely clothes that are going to keep for ages because we know how to take care of them. We wash them with luck, and that goes for gloves and stockings, too. Luxing makes gowns look like new, makes stockings wear longer. When gowns are damaged, we often have to uh, make emergency repairs. We've even used adhesive tape, paste, and chewing gum. Once on location, a hole was burned in a star's gown. We couldn't fix the dress, so we fixed the girl. Where the dress was burned, I painted her skin to match with ordinary green house paint. Last week, Mr. DeMille, you had the famous artist James Montgomery Flagg as your guest. And this week, well, I paint the stars, too. Good night. Good night, wardrobe. We continue the Lux Radio Theater presentation of Irene, starring Jeanette McDonald. Irene and Donald are still on the balcony. Only a few minutes have passed, but Irene has suddenly realized that her dream is over. She turns from Donald and stands wistfully gazing over the moonlit garden. Irene. Irene, look at me. Is anything wrong? No, nothing's wrong. A moment ago, you were all smiles, and now... What's happened, Irene? Donald, dear, I'm afraid I woke up. What are you talking about? I don't know. I just... Oh, Donald, take me home. Irene. I want to go home, please. Now, wait. I want to know what... Donald? Oh, yes, Eleanor? I hope you don't mind my breaking in on you like this. Of course. What is it, Eleanor? I have a little news for you. News? Well, if you'll excuse me, Oh, I... don't go, Mr. Dare. I'd like you to hear this. It's about you. Me? Now, wait a minute, Eleanor. No. You might as well know this gentleman right now. The charming little Dares has been enjoying such popularity around here. Is an imposter. Is that so? And where did you get your information? Larry Bradley told me. He's here tonight and he recognized me. I see. Larry would let the cat out of the bag, wouldn't he? You mean you knew she was a shop girl? Of course. Well, I think I'd better go, Donald. Stay right where you are, Irene. I'll take care of this. A shop girl. 
And you knew it all the time. Well, really amusing, Donald. Is it? But it's a wonder you wouldn't have a little more decency than to inflict her on your own friends. Just what do you mean by that? I mean that she's nothing but a money grubber. A cheap little gold digger. What? You don't you dare touch me. Irene. You let me alone. I want to know what she's talking about. Those pearls you're wearing will answer your question, Miss Odair. You didn't have them when you came. Where did you find them? Why, I... Let me see them. Where did you get these, Irene? Why, Mr. Bowden... Exactly. Mr. Bowden gave them to her. Is that right? Yes, but let me explain. He he gave them to me to wear tonight. I was going to give them back. <laughs> Donald? Donald, what is this I hear about Miss Odair? Is it true that you're a shop girl, Miss Odair? Yes, it is. Oh, Donald, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Mother, listen to me. I will not listen. Miss O'Dare, I want you to leave this house at once. At once, do you hear? Yes, Mrs. Marshall. No. Mother, you've got to listen to me. It wasn't her fault. It was mine. The whole idea was mine, can't you see? All I can see is that she's an imposter. She's here for one reason, to get money from my guests. But that's not true. I won't have you think that. It's all right, Donald. Let them think what they want. It may not be true. I came here to... To get money, but I am an imposter. I'm out of my class. I don't belong here any more than you belong over on Ninth Avenue. Here are your pearls, Mr. Bowden. Thanks for letting me wear them. Good night, Donald. It was fun while it lasted, but I guess it's all over now. I, I'll send the gowns back in the morning. Not Irene. Don't say any more, please. It's all been so swell up to now. Now I just want to remember the swell part. Good night, Donald. Cash is well. Cash, please. Eight more, madam. Going up. Step to the rear of the car, please. Going up. No, sir. So you want your job back, do you, Miss O'Dare? I'd like to have it back, Mrs. Sweeney. Yeah, well, I don't know. Now, when a girl leaves for no good reason at all, we don't usually... Oh, please. Well, how do we know you won't walk out on us again? Oh, I won't. I haven't any place to walk to. And I do need the job, Mr. Sweeney. I haven't got anything now. Hmm. And where did you go when you left us? I was a model. A model, eh? I believe I warned you once before about getting high ideas. Yes, sir. And I was right, wasn't I? Yes, sir. Hmm. Well, i tell you what I'll do, Miss O'Dare. You can go back to your job if you want to. Oh, thank you. With a reduction in salary? Oh. Oh, that doesn't suit you, does it? Oh, yes, sir. I was just thinking how I was going to get along on any less money than I was making. Mm, that's up to you, Miss O'Dare. If you want to work, those are the conditions. Take it or leave it. I'll take it, sir. Oh, gee, my feet are killing me. How are yours? Hey, Irene, I'm talking to you. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Jane. What'd you say? I'm nothing. What's the matter with you lately, anyway? Ever since you got back, you've been mooning around like a lost calf. I know. I get to thinking, and I kind of get lost. Well, you better snap out of it. Old man Sweeney will be having you up in the carpet again. Say, you going to the rehearsal this afternoon? The rehearsal? Yeah, the sales girl's review. You've been getting along swell, only... Only we need more singers. Oh, I'm not much interested in singing right now. Ah, come on. It'll do you good. Oh, maybe. I'll think it over. Cash, please. Cash, please, Miss Evans. Well, 
it's most irregular, Mr. Marshall, most irregular. I know that. Just what is it you want to see her about? It's personal. Hmm. Then why don't you try to reach her at home? I did. She has no phone. Anyway, I want to see her now. Well, if you weren't such a good customer, Mr. Marshall, I'd say no. Thanks. Where is she? Uh, well... She's uh, down in the social hall. The girls are giving a show next week at Miss O'Dara's rehearsal. Well, may I go down there and see her? Well, I suppose so. I'll have someone show you the way. All right, girls. You better sit down and rest a while now. Oh, Where's Miss O'Dara? Oh, this is Buffy, your zone. Yeah, I know, but I wonder if you'd excuse me just for this afternoon. I I don't feel so oh, very good. Oh, come I... on, Miss O'Dare. You can do it. And the music for Miss O'Dare's number, Joe. Right. We build our castles in the air and bid the world go by. So half the time we're living here, we're dreaming in the sky. In dreams we'll go. Suppose you've come back to ask about the dresses. I know I didn't send them back yet, but I will. I was going to get some boxes from the store tonight. I didn't come about the dresses. I came to see you. Oh. Why did you run away that night, Irene? I wanted to speak to you. Well, I thought we said about everything there was to say. I didn't. I didn't even get started. You should have heard me after you left. Did you have an argument? Oh, a swell one. Gosh, I hope I didn't get you into any trouble. No, I guess I got you into some, though. Oh, that's all right. Well... Irene, come here. Look at me. What for? That night on the balcony. Remember what I said to you? Sure. I remember. But I didn't take it seriously. You were just being nice to me. No, no, I wasn't. I meant it, Irene. I still mean it. I love you, Irene. Oh. 
Oh, would you mind saying that over again? Uh, no, no, I'll remember it, but don't tell me anymore. I, I'm afraid to hear the last part of anything that has such a beautiful beginning. Irene, will you marry me? Marry you? Uh, when? Tomorrow. I'll be busy tomorrow. Tonight, then. Tonight. Well, darling. Oh, Donald. Oh, Donald, the store closes at five. That's the end of the play. But tonight's Irene, Miss Jeanette MacDonald, will be with us again in a few moments. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we turn the spotlight of the Lux Radio Theater on the first great director of motion pictures. The man who changed motion pictures from a novelty to an art. He is the only director of his day who never used a megaphone. Pioneer and prophet. Trailblazer and teacher. The greatest genius of his art. D.W. Griffith. Say, uh, DeMille, uh, C.B., you know that is awfully generous. Uh, but there was a reason why I seldom used a megaphone. Now, let me explain. You know that during the war between the states, my father, uh, he was a commander of the 1st Kentucky Cavalry. They say he could be heard yelling above the sounds of battle. They called him Roaring Jake Griffith. Well, I didn't inherit his brains, I'm sorry to say. But perhaps I got some of his loud voice. <laughs> Our battle of pictures was almost a war in itself. Well, we were fighting each other, CB. Uh, but for the same cause, I think we did it. Help establish the motion picture business, didn't we? Yeah, you must have had some of Roaring Jake's strategy. I'll never forget... Your picture, The Battle of Elderberry Gulch. It was only a two-reeler, but it was one of the first pictures to bear the mark of genius. Oh, thank you. Well, you met that attack easily enough at the first full-length one, the squaw man. Then you got out the heavy artillery with the birth of a nation. That was the biggest gun of the whole war. Oh, well to say. You know, I sort of remember a picture called The Ten Commandments that you made while we were throwing this stuff at each other. Yes, but while we were matching each other, star for star and reel for reel, something happened. In reaching out for new weapons, you created the fade-out and the close-up. <laughs> you know, people thought I'd gone crazy. I think they were about right, too. They said, what's the idea of showing people without bodies? What are they doing? Swimming? <laughs> then, just as I was filming people so the audience could get a good look at their faces, oh, we had some beautiful in those days, too, didn't we? Now, you came along with that, uh, that Rembrandt lighting. And a headache. We'd light the face as Rembrandt did in his paintings. Often one side of the face was in darkness. One of our executives called me up in a rage. <clears throat> if you're only going to show half the face, he said, people will only want to pay half the price. I told him, if you haven't got sense enough to know Rembrandt lighting when you see it, it's not my fault. Oh, he replied, is that what it is, Rembrandt lighting? Oh, they'll pay double for that. And they did. <laughs> well, that's a good way to get the coin in. Say, you know, C.B., there's one thing I'm getting a little tired of. You know, a lot of people are always congratulating me on some of your productions. Well, that I don't care for. Especially the King of Kings. 
You know, at first I'd answer and say, well, that's not my picture, that king of kings, that's DeMille. But finally I got tired of denying it, so I just said, now, yes, oh, yes. Sure, that was a great picture. Well, of my best, you know, I worked like a dog on that king of kings. So you've had some great productions on the screen, CB, I don't need to tell you that. And you're doing a fine job here with this radio theater. Say, what about that new picture of yours, The Plainsman? So many people still get us confused. I'll hope you make it good, good and good, or I'll be disgraced. <laughs> good night. Good night. Good luck. Anytime, anytime they credit me with one of your pictures, D.W., I'm satisfied. Tell them have we received so many requests for a player as we have for Jeanette McDonald. Among them was a petition from Detroit bearing nearly a thousand signatures. So tonight's was really a command performance. If you pictured our star only as a demure little girl in an Alice blue gown, I think you should meet her in person. She's one of Hollywood's liveliest wits. The prima donna with a sense of humor, Miss Jeanette McDonald. <laughs> Which is a little embarrassing, Mr. DeMille. I, I may be a little gayer than the American tragedy, but I'm I'm not nearly as funny as Donald Duck. <laughs> well, you... <laughs> you quack much better. Ouch. <laughs> Very encouraging. Well, perhaps one day we'll hear you at the Metropolitan. Perhaps. That's just one of my unrealized ambitions. I also want to make a concert tour of the United States. And then, uh, well, there's another ambition, but... I'm afraid to confess what it is. All right, I won't ask you. All right, then I'll tell you. <laughs> My other ambition is to dance just once in a picture. Why just once? <laughs> well, because um, I think just once is possibly all the public will stand for. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you dance as well as you sang tonight, you can dance at a DeMille production any time. Thanks. That's quite a concession if my memory serves me rightly. Ouch. <laughs> but I do want you to know how much I enjoy your Lux Radio Theater. All of my friends in Hollywood think it's about the greatest show on the air. Um, I never miss a performance and uh, rather wish I'd been home to hear it tonight. Well, <laughs> the people who are home, Jeanette, are waiting to hear you sing again. So I'm going to ask you to sing, Would You, from your latest MGM picture, San Francisco. Mr. Silver, please.
Thank you, Miss McDonald. This is your announcer, Melville Ruick. Miss Jeanette McDonald comes to us with the courtesy of Metro Golden Mayor. Louis Silvers from 20th Century Fox, and Mrs. Cora Love from Warner Brothers. And here is our producer, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. Next week, the Lux Radio Theater presents Lionel Barrymore, the first stage actor to enter motion pictures. The eldest Barrymore's fame is founded on scores of superb portrayals, which have made him the outstanding character actor of the screen, a reputation he will more than sustain in our next production. Our sponsors, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in inviting you to listen to another great performance by Lionel Barrymore in the Lux Radio Theater next Monday night. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from Hollywood. Heard on tonight's program were selections from Irene and Would You from the Motion Picture San Francisco. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That concludes today's episode. We thank you, and we'd like to remind you to please donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.